Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our I Am, Jesus in His Own Words sermon series. This series explores the I Am statements made by Jesus and how these two words and His statements that follow tell so much about who Jesus is to us and to the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Well, we're in the middle of this series called I Am, Jesus in His Own Words, and you heard uh, some other people's views of who Jesus is, but we're going to talk about who Jesus is today. And, and this morning, we're going to be talking about light. And um, speaking of light, wasn't that light really warm yesterday? <laughs> A little different today, huh? Yeah, you, you know, it, you just think about it, you know, from uh, the light that comes from the sun, you know, we're obviously able to see, but we also get warmth. And when the axis starts, to, the axis of the earth starts to tilt toward the sun, we get more. And I, I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, um, uh, Cynthia and I have a little herb garden in our kitchen and we're on our second crop of the year. Uh, but the one thing that fascinates about this thing, we bought this kit to do this, and is yes, it has to have water. And yes, you put some nutrients in the water. But the overwhelming thing that I see that makes those herbs and vegetables grow is the light. Um, It has a timer on the light. Uh, Those things get 17 to 18 hours of light uh, every day. And and I recognize that if that light didn't come on, and as long as there was water and some nutrients, uh, because it's warm in our house, they would grow. But they would never produce any herbs that we could harvest or any fruit that we could uh, pluck and eat. So it's just... It's important for us to think about light. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the I am statement where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we're going to see what that means because we're really talking about um, light that is more than what we receive from our sun in our solar system. We're talking about Jesus as the light of the world. And you read this in chapter 8 of the Gospel of John. And uh, in the chapter before uh, chapter 8, Jesus has been in Jerusalem and he's been uh, at attendance to this festival called the the Festival of Tabernacles. The Festival of Tabernacles is also known as the Festival of Lights because of the way uh, lights are lit in the tabernacle every evening for that service. So... Here he is. He's just come out of the whole city. He's just come out of the celebration of this festival known as the Festival of Lights. And he says, I am the light of the world. Now, you can imagine that that those who heard it uh, immediately took... uh, took offense at what he was saying because a couple of things were going on. He used that phrase that is the name of God that God reveals to us in the book of Moses, I am. So he's saying, I am. He's calling himself God. But now what he's doing is he's adding some words to it as he does in all of the I am statements. And this time he says, I am the light of the world. Now for a a a practicing Jewish person, and, and in first century Israel, just about everybody that lived in the Jerusalem area was practicing to some degree. So he, they would have known that not only did he use the name of God for himself, but now he was saying that he was on par, that he was equal to the God, the creator of the entire earth and the solar system, the one who created the sun. 
But not only would the Jewish people have understood that, you need to remember that this was a polytheistic culture. I mean, what that means is there were, were gods in every culture, and there were just tons of gods. And so even the non-Jewish people would have known in their culture, in, in their setting, uh, there were gods with a lowercase g, and they were, they were, there was a god of the sun. And so th- they would have fully understood what Jesus was saying, and they would have been shocked by it. Now, let me go back to the the Festival of the Tabernacles, because this is important to understand. The Festival of the Tabernacles was a celebration of what God had done. What God had done when the Israelites left Egypt, when they left slavery and they came to the promised land. And if you have read the story in the book of Exodus, you know that when they escaped from Egypt and Pharaoh, God led them in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years. And he led them in the daytime as a cloud. And at night, he led them as a pillar of light, as a pillar of fire. So that's the celebration of tabernacles. They were recalling what God had done in the past, in the history of Israel, celebrating. They still, Jewish people still celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles to this day. But again, Jesus was saying, I know what God did in the past, but now... I am the light of the world here and now in the flesh, in person, in front of you, and I have come to lead you. So Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. In fact, I would encourage you to go back in your own study time to read through the book of John and see how much Jesus talks about light and see how much he uses that I am statement then to say something else about himself because it's so important. Just a, a reminder, last week we looked at the saying where he says, I am the bread of life. And he brought in a parallel, a parallel to when God walked with the Israelites in, out of captivity and gave them bread to eat every morning. It was called manna. He says, but he said, I'm the bread of life here and now. And then in the next chapter, that was chapter 6 and chapter 7, he talks about the living water that was given to the Israelites out of the rock. But now he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who will give you living water today. So he's talking about that's what was in the past, but this is what I'm going to do today. And now in chapter eight, he says, God was that pillar of fire at night that led the Israelites out of Egypt. But now I am the light of the world with you at this very moment. John captures this as God inspired the disciple John to put down in ink, what he had experienced and what God wanted revealed about his son. And in the very first chapter, we read these words about Jesus that God inspired John to write. Chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
This tells us that Jesus was God the Son. He was the light of the world. Remember what we sang this morning? Jesus makes the darkness tremble. You know, what, what John is writing there is that, that Jesus is the light of the world that is superior to all darkness. You know, when what he's saying is that Jesus can defeat Satan and all the forces of darkness and evil. He makes the darkness flee. It's so powerful what we read in John chapter 1. And, and what we also see, which is also important, is that not only is he telling us that he's God the Son, that he came in to bring light so that all people could walk in spiritual light and see where they're going with God, but he also reveals that he is the promised one, the Messiah. Because you know that it was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah that the Messiah would come. And in chapter 9 of the prophet Isaiah, it says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then in John chapter 1, we see that Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. Jesus is the light of the world. And we need to see this divine light. But he also goes on after he proclaims that he is the light of the world. He talks about walking in the light. So let's look at that. After he says, I am the light of the world, he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness and will have the light of life. So what's he talking about? He's not talking about walking in physical darkness because he's not going to change the order of day and night. There will still be physical darkness when the sun sets at the end of each day. But he is talking about walking in spiritual darkness and walking in spiritual light. And he makes it clear that how we walk determines whether we walk in the light or we walk in the dark. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Don't you want that? Yeah, yeah. So walking the light means that we have the light of life. That's a light with a capital letter L. And if we are walking with Jesus, that means we're following him. And not just following right behind him. That means we're actually following what he has exemplified in our lives. Following Jesus then means that we will pick up three important facets, at least three. Uh, and you can read about these all in the Gospel of John, but I'm going to point them out. And, and those three facets are this. If we're following Jesus, that means we believe in him. So we're believing in him. And, and if, if we believe in him and we... We, we believe in him, then we're going to be loving him. We're going to be in a relationship where we say, Jesus, I love you, like we sang this morning. And if we're loving him, Scripture tells us that we'll be obeying him. All right, again, and I've said this several times over the past couple of weeks, we're not talking about behavior modification. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. If I love somebody, uh, I obey their desires for my life. And we'll give you an example of that in a minute. But, but let me just talk about how following is believing. In the Gospel of John chapter 12, we read this. Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So if you're following Jesus, that means you believe in him. And if you believe in him, you're not in darkness. You can't follow him 
without believing him. Oh, you can say he's a great teacher and he said some cool things, like one of the persons on the screen said, but if you're not following him, you're not believing in him. But John goes on as the Holy Spirit inspires him and he writes more about Jesus. And we recognize that following him means we believe in him and believing in him means something else. He said this to his disciples who were following him and believing in him. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So he's saying, listen, if, you, if you're following me, that means you believe in me. And if you believe in me, that means you love me. And if you love me, that means you're going to obey my teaching. You see the flow? It's easy to follow. Followers of Jesus believe in him and believers in Jesus love him and those who love him and obey those who love him obey him and that's what walking in the light looks like. Following, believing, loving, obeying. Now again, walking in the light is about believing in and following Jesus in a relationship of love and faithfulness. It's not about religion. It's not about a list of rules. It's about a relationship. A relationship where we say, Jesus, I love you and I respect you and I want to honor you with my life. So let me give you an example of what this looks like. And, and let's face it, every human example is not perfect, but let's, let's look at this one. I think everybody in here has been a child at one point. And we understand that when we're born that we have a relationship with parents. Now, I don't know the relationship you have with your parents, but, but I expect that at some point all of us had some type of relationship in our, with our parents that had some good in it. And we discover that as children, you know what, what our parents tell us, we believe them. So when they tell us they love us, then we believe that. And when they tell us we should do something, we believe that we should do that. And when they tell us they want us to do something because we love them and believe in them, then we want to obey their teaching. Now, I understand that this is a human illustration and it's not perfect, but you get the idea. When we follow somebody, it means we believe in them and when we believe in them, we love them. And when we love them, we're going to obey what they ask us to obey. But let's look at Scripture. What does Scripture tell us it means to walk in the light? Because it's important for us to let Scripture teach us how, how to understand Scripture. So uh, John, the disciple, wrote the Gospel of John, but he also wrote three letters. We call them 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Pretty, uh, uh, pretty simple. And then he also wrote the book of Revelation. We're going to look at what he said in 1 John. In, in the first chapter, this is what he wrote. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with God and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not tell the truth, live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So what's he telling us? He says, listen, if if that God is light, and if we walk in the light, that means that we have fellowship with God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Fellowship comes from a Greek word. The Greek word is koinonia. And koinonia does mean fellowship, but it also means have a relationship, to have community with somebody, to, to go deeper than the surface, to have a significant 
relationship that has emotional and spiritual depth and intimacy to it. And so to have fellowship with God means to walk in the light. And to have fellowship with God means to be in a relationship with God where we, we take his word and we understand it and we seek to follow it. And we talk to him, we communicate to him, we let him talk to us. And we seek to let him know that we love him. And because we love him, we obey him. Walking in the light. But did you notice it also said that if we claim to have fellowship with him, if we claim to walk in the light, yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't live out the truth. He continues. And the reason I pointed that out is because we can fake it. Yeah, we can fake it. You can fake it to one another. You can't fake it to God. He knows your heart. He knows when you're faking it, but we can't fake it. He doesn't want us to. Let's go on to the next chapter and what John writes in chapter 2. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or a sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. You get that? How we relate to our brothers and sisters in Christ indicates whether or not we are walking in the light or walking in the darkness. So how do you relate to other brothers and sisters in Christ? Maybe you relate well with those that you see everything the same way with them that you see things in life. You know, you have the same views on politics and social issues and current events and even non-essential points of theology. On the other hand, how do you relate to Christ followers who pol whose politics are either more liberal or more conservative than you? How do you relate to Christ followers whose positions on social issues are different than yours? How do you relate to Christ followers whose positions on current events disagree with you? How do you relate to Christ followers whose positions on non-essential points of theology are not the same as yours. Do you judge them? Do you call them idiots? Do you cut them out of your life? Do you hate them or do you love them? What's Jesus saying? Uh, what God's saying through John, we're supposed to love them even if we don't agree. In other words, we're supposed to show the same type of love toward them that God shows to us and to them. We're supposed to love them. Walking in the light means being in a relationship with Jesus, but it also means being in a relationship with everybody else in the body of Christ and to do it in a loving way. Because if we aren't loving, it's an indication that we're not walking in the light. Now, here's the deal. None of us is going to walk in the light perfectly every moment of every day. And that's why Jesus offers us forgiveness. That's why he tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us. But our desire out of relationship of love is to walk in the light. So that's, that's what I wanted you to see about walking in the light this morning. Now let's talk about being the light of the world. In the Gospel of Matthew, 
Jesus says something that's startling. Uh, you know, uh, the first time I read it, the second time I read it, the third time I read it, I was startled. I can't imagine what it was, what kind of startling news it was to those who heard it the first time. But in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. He's not saying, I am the light of the world. He's saying, you are the light of the world. And to explain it, he goes on, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do, you, do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is driving home a point here. He's saying, as a follower of Jesus, the light of the world you and I have his light inside of us and it can shine forth into a dark world. He also says you can't hide that light. It shines forth in you. You can't hide a city on a hill. You can't hide the light that's in you that comes from being a follower of Jesus. Once you decide to follow him, and accept him as the light of the world, then his light is in you and he wants you to reflect it. He said nobody lights a lamp and then covers it up. You light a lamp so you can see. So that there won't be darkness. Jesus calls his followers to be the light of the world. And because we know him, we're supposed to make him known. That, that takes on takes on. Two things. And now this is talking about not between brothers and sisters in Christ. This is talking about to the whole world, to people who believe in him and people who don't. We're supposed to be a light for Jesus. We're supposed to be willing, since we know him and follow him, to say, you know, I, I know Jesus and he's made a difference in my life. And if you were to get to know him, I believe he could make a difference in your life too. You know, we're... As followers of Jesus, we're God's plan to take the good news that you received when you came to faith in Jesus and share it with other people so they can receive Jesus by faith. Like it or not, we're God's dream team. Okay? And every successive generation of Christ followers is God's dream team. And you don't get the option to sit on the bench, you're always in the game. Now, this is, could be a little threatening and scary, but that means you're conscious that you're supposed to let your light shine before all people and you're doing your best to, to do it well and share with other people about Jesus and the difference he's made in my life so you can make a difference in their life. Or you're intentionally not being conscious and you're not being a good reflection of being a follower of Jesus. I mean, once you become a follower of Jesus, you're either a faithful witness or an unfaithful witness. Now, again, the good news is when we recognize we're not being a faithful witness, we can ask for forgiveness and he'll forgive us and he'll, he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us be faithful witnesses for him. That's important for us to know. We're called. We're called by Jesus. 
to let his light come into our lives. And when we do that, we become followers of Jesus. And, and he tells us to walk in the light. And we walk in the light by following him. And by following him means we believe in him. And believing him means we love him. And loving him means that we're going to obey what he teaches. We're going to follow what he teaches. And then he gives us this awesome responsibility to be the light of the world to everybody else. To tell them about Jesus. To love them the way Jesus loves them. That's important. It's not just the things that we say, it's how we live in relationship to them. And we have a, a whole world that needs to see that Jesus is really who he says he is and he's made a difference in our lives. And because of that, we're different people. We're different people. I want to close with a story this morning. Paul Tripp is an author and, and he wrote this very personal story about his relationship with his son. And, and so I'll just want to share this. He said, you know, um, my teenage son asked for permission to spend the weekend at a friend's house. During the weekend, he writes, I received a phone call from my son's friend's mother saying um, that she had found out that there was this story that your son... His son was spending the night at my son, with my son at our house. And he's not. He's not here. You know, and we thought you would want to know that. Well, Paul writes, um, he was pretty on fire about this. Um, and his wife uh, said to him, Paul, I can feel your anger, and I think you need to pray. And Paul said, I don't think I can pray for him right now. And his wife said, I don't mean pray for him. I mean, you need to pray for yourself. He said, I, I, I went to the bedroom, and I asked for God's help. And it hit me that because of God's love, God had already begun a work of rescue in my son's life. After all, God was the one who pressed in on the conscience of my son's friend, causing him to confess to his mom that he was covering for Paul's son. And God was the one who gave her the courage to make the difficult call to me, he writes. And God was the one giving me time to get a hold of myself before my son came home. Now, rather than wanting to rip into my son, I wanted to be a part of what the God of grace was doing in that moment of rebellion and deception and hurt and disappointment. When my son got home, I gave him a couple of hours to relax. And then I asked him if we could talk. And I said, do you ever think about how much God loves you? And he answered, sometimes. And then I said, do you ever think how much God's grace operates in your life every day? And his son didn't look up at him or say anything. So he said, do you know how much God's grace was working in your life even this weekend? And his son said, who told you? And Paul said, Son, you, you have lived your life in the light. You've made good choices. You've been an easy son to parent, but this weekend you took a step toward the darkness. 
You can live in the darkness if you want. You can learn to lie and deceive. You can use your friends as your cover. You can step over God's boundaries. Or you can determine to live in God's light. I'm pleading with you, son. Don't live in the darkness. Live in the light. And Paul wrote, as I turned to walk away, I heard his voice from behind me. And he's saying, Dad, don't go. And with tears in his eyes, he said, Dad, I want to live in the light. But it's so hard. Will you help me, Dad? Jesus is the light of the world. And if you've decided to follow him, you believe that. And he wants you to walk in the light. He didn't promise it would be easy, but he promised he would walk with you. And that's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to help you see when you're in the light and when you're not in the light. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to redirect you. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell us, listen, you need to let your light shine because Jesus has shown in your life and now you're called to be part of God's dream team to share that good news with everybody. And you've got to do it with the things that you say and the things that you do. And here's also what the Holy Spirit tells us about walking in the light. We've been given a community. It's called the church. We weren't meant to do life or faith alone. You know, you can believe in Jesus. That's your personal decision. But walking in the light we were made to do that with one another. We are better together than we are apart. And we were given the church to do that. And so, listen, there are brothers and sisters in Christ who need somebody to come alongside them and say, I want to help you. I want to help you walk in the light. And there's some of us who aren't walking in the light, and we need to reach out to a brother or sister and say, I am struggling. The good I know to do, I do not do. The darkness looks very attractive. By the way, that's Satan's plan. It's intentional that the darkness would look attractive. So we need to pray. We need to pray first that we'll all accept that Jesus is the light of the world. And number two, we need to pray that we will walk in the darkness and not in the light and that will be lights that shine to the rest of the world. And number three, because we've been given this community of light, we need to help one another walk in the light and we need to be willing to ask for help when we're struggling to walk in the light. So I want to invite you all to pray with me. Maybe you want to pray for one of those areas in your own life or all of those areas. It doesn't matter to me. But if you would stand and in a moment, if you join us in a time of prayer. And I think this is one of those prayers where we, we pray with open hands because that open hand says, God, I, I'm open. I, I want what you want, not what I want. I, I want to receive what you want and I'm willing to receive it and, and run with it and walk in the light with it. So with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, so I'm going to lead us off in prayer. And if you, you feel at a place in that prayer where you want to say, yeah, Lord, that's me, just, just pray it. Pray it silently. So, Lord, here we go.
Lord, we are so grateful that you sent your son Jesus into the world and we know that he is the light of the world. And if you've never told Jesus that you believe in him and that he's the light of the world, just tell him right now. You can silently say, Jesus, I believe you're the light of the world. And if you've done that today or before, we want to help you walk in the light. And walking in the light means that you understand that following Jesus means believing in him and loving him and obeying him. And if you haven't been doing that and you need to confess that and ask for forgiveness, just go ahead and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And then say, Holy Spirit, help me walk in the light. Spirit, help me walk in the light. And now we're all called to share that, uh, that light that we found so we can be the light of the world, sharing the good news about Jesus. So you and I are called to do that. So let's don't miss that opportunity. Say, just pray, you know, Lord, help me be the light of the world that you've called me to be. And here's the final piece. We're better together. We need one another. So if you haven't been walking in community, walking in relationship with other brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to just tell Jesus that, but I also want you to tell him, help me to do that. And if you are, ask Jesus to give you eyes and ears to see and hear those who need you to come and help them. So just tell him, you either need his help to walk in the light with others or you want to be a helper to others. Now I'm going to wrap up that prayer. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you've given us the light of the world and you've called us to believe in you and to follow you and to love you and to obey you and to be a light for the world and to be in relationship with each other. So, Lord, we pray that we can do that, that we'll do that better today than we did yesterday, that we'll be, do it better this week than last week, better next month than, the, than last month. Lord, that we would be living and walking in the light and refusing to walk in the darkness and that we would share with others what we've experienced. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.